This is uh, part three of a series that we're calling Attack the Impossible. Attack it. There are certain things and uh, situations in our life that just feel like it is an impossibility for it to ever change. And every single one of us is in that boat. Every single one of us in this room needs a miracle. Everyone. Now, don't be shy, um, but raise your hand if there is... Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Raise your hand if, if you need a miracle with a relationship in your family. I want you to raise your hand. It is going to be a miracle. You need a miracle with a relationship in your family. I want you to raise your hand if you need a miracle in your finances. It, it would take a miracle. I want you to raise your hand. It would take a miracle. Um, you're saying it would take a miracle for my, my boss to move out of the state and get a new one so we can get some raises around here. Um, it, raise your hand if you need a miracle in your body, your health. You need, a, you need a miracle in your body or someone in your family needs it. Go ahead, raise your hand. Look at all these hands going up. It's a miracle. We, every person here needs a miracle. And, and I want you to attack whatever it is. I'm telling you right now, I, I need a miracle in my life. And, and I can't just say, well, that's my lot in life. You know, nobody's life is perfect and that's what I have to carry. No! No! Don't think like that. The Lord doesn't want you to think like that. Jesus didn't come on this earth for you to think like that. In John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief, Satan, has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And there's things in our life where we can see his trail marks, where this is falling apart, that is falling apart, this is falling apart, that is falling apart, that is dying, this is dying. That's what he does. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So we've got an, an enemy that's trying to kill and destroy everything. And we can clearly see where he's been. But we're backing up and we're saying, Jesus, you came to, first of all, fix all that. And then to make things in my life even better. If you believe that, say yes. There are too many believers, people that call themselves Christians, that are just like, well, at least I'm going to heaven. No, are you supposed to live in hell for 50 years on the earth? And they're like, well, at least I'm going to heaven. No! No! No, I want you to attack it. I want you to attack it. Now, some of you have come this morning because you've heard that miracles have been happening at our church. I want you to know that that's true. Miracles are happening all the time. And, and while uh, you'll hear stories this morning about the different miracles, but I just want to say that I don't want you to wait to the end of the service to think that the presence of God, well, he's going to wait till I'm done. Wait till Frankie's done. All the angels wait till Frankie's done. Hold on, hold on. Let's make sure he's done. That's crazy. This is his house. And in Psalms 26, verse 8, it says, I love to come to the sanctuary of the Lord because it's where His presence dwells. So His presence is moving in this room. And I just want you to have your expectation up 
especially if you need a healing in your body. You may feel a healing in your body while I'm talking. While I am talking. I just want you to just be ready. And if you need a healing in your body, let's say you have tendonitis in your hands, for example. While I'm speaking, I just want you to like move in your hands the entire time. The entire time while I'm talking. Because God is not going to wait on me. He never does. Trust me, because I've asked him. <laughs> he never does. He's going to move ahead of me. This is what I want to share with you today. That God does not have any favorites. He does not love Moses. He doesn't love King David. He doesn't love Billy Graham or Joel Osteen or any. He doesn't love your grandma, your mammy. He doesn't love your neighbor. He doesn't love your wife, your husband more than he loves you. He, he has no favorites, all right? So here we go. We're going to read a few verses. Go ahead and throw the first verse up there. This is, these are people listening to Jesus that are about to challenge his teaching. This is in Mark chapter 12, verse 14. I want you to read the next few verses with me. I'm going to turn around real quick while you're reading. And if I catch you not reading, you're going to have to come up here and read in front of everybody, okay? <laughs> All right, on three, one, two, three, teacher, they said, we... I want you to read that again. Start with the word and and finish it. One, two, three. Say it again. A little bit louder. Oh, you sound good. All right, let's read this one. Galatians chapter 2, verse 6. This is Paul teaching in the church of Galatia. Watch this. Let's read it out loud. And the leaders... Let's read the last sentence starting with the word for real loud. Read it again. Man, that is so good. Let's read this next verse. This is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9. This is Paul teaching the church of Ephesus. Here we go. Let's read it. Masters. Time out. I can tell that somebody is not reading. My Spider-Man senses, my Spidey senses can tell. All right? One, two, three, masters. Are you catching a theme here? All right, I want you to read the last part. Go back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't get ahead of me. I want you to read the last part of that sentence. Start with the word and. Raise the volume. And. Say it again. I want you to look at somebody across the room. They're not going to be looking at you, but just look across the room and yell that at them, starting with the word and. One, two, three. Beautiful. All right, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 25. Let's read this together on three. But if... That sounds... Blah, 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 blah. Let's try this again, nice and slow. But if you do what is wrong... You 
Let's read that last sentence starting with the word for. One, two, three. One, two, three. All right, let's read one last one. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17. Nobody messed up, screwed up more in the Bible than Peter, all right? And he walked with Jesus. So if anybody was going to get put in the doghouse, it was going to be Peter. And this is what he had to say. One, two, three. And remember... Let's read the last sentence, starting with the word you. One, two, three. You pray no One, two, three. You pray no Does God have favorites? No. Does God have favorites? No. Are you a favorite of God? No. <laughs> he doesn't have favorites, but if he did, I would be one. He doesn't have any favorites, and so if he's done it for somebody else, God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. If you're visiting here and you're like, why the interaction? So glad you asked. In the book of Acts, it says that a mighty rushing wind, they all came together in unity in one mind and one accord, and then there was a mighty rushing wind. There has to be unity before there is a mighty. So when the worship team is singing and they want you to sing back, don't just be like, whoa, everybody's singing back. We're waiting on you to participate. We need everybody. There has to be unity before there's a mighty. Everyone say, I got it. I got it. A few things I want to point out. Point number one. No, I don't want to go to point number one yet. I want to read a few quotes. Every man is as close to God as he wants to be. A.W. Tozer said that. Every man is as close to God as he wants to be. One of my favorite scriptures this week is Isaiah chapter 62, verses 6 and 7. It says, those of you who pray... Give yourself no rest and give God no rest until he d he's done what he promised. Isn't that a good verse? Give yourself no rest. I've told God, if you think I'm talking your ear off now, you better sit down. Because I'm not going to stop until I get a breakthrough. I'm going to keep going and 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 keep going. You say, well, why do you got to do that? Why can't we just pray one time and be done? He wants a relationship. Watch this. I don't have time for this. This is a different sermon for a different day. But watch this. Let's say I'm praying. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. God, I need you. I need you. I love you. I worship you. I praise you. I love you. I worship you. I praise you. And then all of a sudden, that prayer gets answered. Now what am I doing? Yes! 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 Now when am I closer to God? Over here or over there? Over here, raise your hand, or over there. Sometimes God just wants to spend some time with us because he knows as soon as that door opens, we're going to be... Are you with me? Say yes. 
That's a different sermon for another day. That was for free. There's no charge for that. <laughs> We're not going to take up another offering for that sermon. I'm just kidding. There was a reporter that came up to D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists in the history of our country. And he said this to D.L. Moody. He said, the world has never seen what God can do with a man who has completely surrendered to him. D.L. Moody went to sleep that night in a hotel, came back, found the reporter, and he said, I just want you to know, I plan on being that man. In every generation, please don't ever forget what I'm about to say. In every generation, there are a few women and a few men that say, I plan on being that man. I plan on being that woman. Every, I've studied it. I am consumed with this stuff. Every generation, some woman, some man says, if you don't have favorites and you've given it to one person and you don't have favorites, then I want to be next and I'm going to be next and I'm going to pray, seek, knock, 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 until I break through. Now, now speaking of breaking through, watch what, um, watch what Charles Finney said. Many get tired before they have prevailed, thus the endowment of power is not received. The only difference between them and us, the only difference, is that they were, they went like, oh. The only difference between them and us is we have found other things that tantalize us and consume us. The Bible calls it the thorns. Now here's the thing. You're going to heaven. If you've given your life to the Lord, you're going to heaven. In Romans 10, 9, it says, If you've confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you are going to heaven. You do not have to be perfect. You just have to give your life to the person who is perfect. And you have an address. But between now and then, it's up to you whether you want to live on hell on earth or if you back up and say, let your will be done in heaven here on earth. It's up to you. It's up to you. It is so up to you. It is so up to you. Who's it up to? No, you. Gotcha. In Matthew chapter um, uh, 7, Verse 22. Tech, you guys don't have this verse. I just added this one. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, it talks about these guys that were going to come up to Jesus, and Jesus is going to say to them, Depart from me, I never knew you. And they're going to say back to Jesus, Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And Jesus is going to say back to these people, depart from me, I never knew you. So he's going to say, because I never had a relationship with you, depart from me. Now, if people who do not have a relationship with him can use his name and see power in their life, people who do have a relationship with him have no excuse. Seven people liked that, and thank you, sir, for being one of them. 
Does that resonate with anyone? Please say yes. There's an authority, not in your name, just like the policeman that pulls you over. It's like, oh my goodness, we're getting pulled over. Bob has no authority. But that star, oh my goodness, he can lock you up and taser you. Because he has a star. You have the sun in you. You have the presence of God in you. You say, well, just because I pray, is that going to happen? Look, chances are you're not going to get everything you want because you don't have the complete mind of Christ. But if you don't go after something, you're not going to get anything. You got to go after it. And let me tell you this, battles in your life, I said this in the first service, and after I said it, I was like, oh my goodness, I wasn't planning on saying that. I hope that's true. The more I think about it, it is true. If you are facing a battle in your life, you're supposed to win. I know some of you are like, well, I got to think about that one too. Yeah, think about it. If you're facing a battle in your life, you're supposed to win. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just thought of a scripture that backs that up. I need a scripture to back up stuff sometimes, right? Because it's like, is that just me talking out of my ear? No. You didn't know how I was going to finish that sentence, right? (laughs) The Bible says this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means no battle, no no, it shall not. And if it's prospering, then it's not over yet. Man, that is so good. Let me share something with you. The degree of spirit that you have, wherever you, whatever amount of presence of God that you have, there's more. And the more you want to do for God, the more of His Spirit is needed. You say, "Well, wait a minute. Once I have it, like, how do you like?" I got it, like, I got it, I got it, I got it. I can't get more. Eh, wrong. Jesus had the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, without limit. In John chapter 3, verse 34, it says that he had it without limit. So if he had it without limit, then clearly you can have it with a limit. Let me rattle off a few things. I don't think the tech booth has this stuff, so don't try to keep up if you don't have it. I can't remember what I sent you this morning and what I haven't. Watch this. John chapter 20. Jesus has already died. He's in the grave. He rises out of the grave. The disciples are scared. They're sitting in a room with the door locked because the soldiers are looking around for Jesus, and if they find one of his disciples, they're going to kill them. So they're scared. They're in a room with the door locked. All of a sudden, Jesus comes walking in without knocking. They freak. He goes, 
fear not. Yeah, that's a good thing to say about right now. And then he goes like this. Receive the Holy Spirit. Watch this. So they receive the Holy Spirit. Then, later on, he's with them. In Luke chapter 24, verse 48, he says, Behold, I send upon you the promise. Go to Jerusalem and wait until you are endowed with power. Which means the Holy Spirit's coming. Well, we just received it when you breathed on us. There's more. So, Acts chapter 1 comes rolling around. They go to Jerusalem. They're waiting. And he says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Bang! Boom! That happens. Bang! Now, in chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, they're scared, they're nervous, and they say these exact words, chapter 4, verse 29. It says, God, hear their threats. See, if if you ever have a voice of fear in your head, just say it like this, God, you, you hear, you hear these threats. You hear what these people are saying. You hear the thoughts that are in my head. You hear the discouragement and the depression in my head. You hear it. And this is what Peter said. He goes, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness. You see, when you see what we're dealing with, give us some boldness in preaching your word. But don't stop there. Extend your hand with healing power and let there be signs, wonders, and miracles. And then the Bible says that the ground began to shake and the Spirit came upon them. That's three times. John 20, Luke 24, 48, Acts 1, 8. Now we're in Acts chapter 4, 29. That's three times. Bang, 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 bang. The amount of presence that you have is cool, but there's so much more. So much more. Now the amount that you do have can do some awesome things in this world. Because we just talked about, in Matthew 7, verse 22, people were doing miracles and they didn't even have a relationship with God. They're not even going to heaven. Jesus, they depart from it. They're not even going, they're they're using the name. They're walking around with a sheriff badge and they're not even sheriffs. Who brought the nickels? (laughs) No, just kidding. Blazing saddles. Sorry. (laughs) ADD. Don't pray for me. I don't want to be healed. It's fun up here. I feel sorry for you that can only think about one thing at a time. Think about everything all the time. Squirrel! <laughs> Thank you. Someone just said, I feel you. Anyone feel me on that? It's like, take these pills and you won't have ADD. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. God's presence and his power wants to move through you. 
you just have to be risky and you have to be mad. I was um, uh, in Florida this past um, Friday, and I'm in the Uber. The Uber driver is driving. My son Luke is in the back seat, 11-year-old. Kate, five-year-old, sitting in the back seat. They're fighting. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you know when you want to discipline your kid, but people are watching? <laughs> so you're like, excuse me just a minute. I'm about to break your neck. <laughs> Have you ever done that? <laughs> I'm about to kill you. I'm about to rip your throat out in about two minutes. Now go ahead. No, tell me what you were saying. So I'm talking to this guy, and he says, he's driving, and he goes, I got gout. I was like, you have gout? What's gout? He goes, it's, it's, he goes, it's my feet. All of a sudden, they get on fire, and there's no cream or anything I can put on. It just gets on fire. It's terrible. I said, really? <laughs> Is it on fire right now? He's like, yes. You know where I'm going, right? I said, look, and this is what I've learned. See, in this room, people getting healed, it's like hitting a ball off a tee. Like, we're all believers. So it happens all the time in here. Out there, we're on like a, a guest field. It's not home court advantage, right? So it's a little bit difficult. And so you learn, okay, don't say that anymore. Okay, start saying this. And what I've learned is i got to give a testimony before I go for it, right? So I'm like, hey, I go to a church. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen 300 people get healed in the last four or five months. Really? Yes, and I believe he's about to heal you. He was like, all right. I was like, well, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke all the disease in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, do you feel better? He goes, no. I was like, all right, let me pray again. In the name of Jesus. Now my kids are quiet in the back seat. Luke is scared to death. He's got his hat on. So let me pray for you again. In the name of Jesus, all the pain, all the fire go away in the name of Jesus. By the way, while I'm telling you this testimony, I believe that people are going to be healed while I'm telling you this testimony. The only thing I ask, the only thing I ask is if you get healed at Celebration Church, that you email us and you tell us. If you're at least 80% better, you email us and tell us, and then we'll believe for the other 20%. So I said, well, let me pray for you again. I said, in the name of Jesus, whatever the disease is, I I don't know much about gout. In the name of Jesus, go away. In Jesus' name, all the pain. In Jesus' name. I said, do you feel any better? He goes, I can feel it going away. I said, you can't? (laughs) I said, let me pray for you again. In the name of Jesus, three times. In the name of Jesus, go away all the pain. So now we're at the hotel that we're staying. He gets out of the car. He gets out of the car. He puts it in part, and he starts walking like this. He goes, oh, my goodness. 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 My son, who's 11, is not in this room every Sunday, so he doesn't see it all the time. I tell him about it, but he doesn't see it all the time. He's in, like, children's church or causing a ruckus somewhere. So he's standing there with his little Celtics hat on, and he goes, 
Yes! Yes! Remember what I said. He has no favorites. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how bad I am. I cuss a lot of people out. Look. Oh, what's that scripture? God help me. What is it? 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 Romans. Romans 9.12. Romans 9.12. It says that he has called you, but not according to the things that you have done well or the things that you have done bad. He doesn't even take that in consideration. He's called you because he loves you. You say, well, I'm, I'm much better than that guy. I'm a pretty good guy. Who cares? He calls you because he loves you. I cuss a lot of people out. Stop. <laughs> but he called you because he loves you. Everybody say, that's good. Wes Peters, come up here. I, I took a lot of your time, so you're going to have to take both stories and put it together and, and, um, and make it a little bit shorter because we want to have time to pray for people. But it's so powerful that I didn't want to skip it. Go ahead. Tell everyone your story. I actually thought I was going to be a guest singer up here. <laughs> yeah. no? Okay. So testimony is yes. probably started about 30 years ago, got in a really bad motorcycle wreck, uh, broke practically every bone in my body. Um, worst was my shoulder. Uh, an arm, uh, had to get a, a metal plate put in my arm, lost basically about 80% of my mobility, and about, that's about as far as I could raise it. Um, so we did, uh, and, and I've been agnostic most of my life, um, you know, I did, didn't say I didn't believe in God, I just wasn't sure, and I was, I'm the original doubter, the original doubter, I questioned everything. Uh, so when Randy Clark came, we did come, um, he started doing his his spiel, and uh, but you know, I'll say I'm still a doubter, <laughs> and uh, with the whole healing thing, and and one of his words was he was I feel there's somebody out here in the room that's got metal in his arm, in his shoulder, in his left shoulder, and my wife's in there going, oh, oh. <laughs> no, that's not me, that's not me, and it was, so and then he started talking about a doubter, uh, you know, because that was part of his his testimony was basically. He knows there's doubt out there. So he started talking about a doubter. He came off the stage, and, and my wife's still nudging me, doubter, yeah, that's you. So he came off the stage for whatever reason, and he basically got it right here, and I was sitting right there, and he's basically talking to the whole crowd, but he's staring at me. I know he's staring at me. And I'm sitting there sweating. I'm feeling like I'm in the FBI interrogation. And, and she's sitting there nudging me. He's looking at you. No, 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 no. And I'm not even looking at her. I'm not even making any eye contact with her because if I do, she's going to make me do this altar call thing. And I'm going, no, 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 no. So, but and I didn't do the altar call. I resisted. I, I resisted the whole time. Um, so after the service, she's sitting there telling, you know, the Masseys and the Satterwhites about this. And, and Brittany, you know Brittany. I don't, nobody knows Brittany. She doesn't give up. So she says, no, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. So they laid hands on me, and uh, she started praying. Uh, she prayed once, and nothing happened. So, yeah. <laughs> so she, he goes, well, I'm going to pray again. So she prayed again. Still nothing going on. She prayed about five times. Uh, on the fifth time, Melinda, and she said she felt something move, and I felt something pop. And it, just, it wasn't a heat, but it was a tingle pretty much in my whole body, but I had that actually the whole thing when Randy was talking about me the whole service, and, and but now it's instead of right here, 
So the doubt is there. So forget your doubt. Close your eyes. Raise your head to heaven. Raise both arms and just surrender. Just surrender. You're, you, it will take your doubt away. And the miracles will happen. Uh, I had one also where... Uh, the Bennett's were up here talking about their testimony, and this is what I say: I didn't get, I didn't get uh, an altar call on that one either. But I, my knees—I've been playing basketball for 30 years. They've been—they talk to me after I play, and they have not hurt ever since. So, then I got one more miracle. I have a really bad addiction. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. This um, is awesome. Yeah, this is why we're here. Uh, I've been an addiction, but I've been healed on that. Um, haven't had a piece of bacon in two two months <laughs> and i've lost 30 pounds <laughs> so give the lord a round of applause will you some of you are like i don't want to be healed of bacon i love that pig go ahead and stand up will you i believe that every sunday people get healed here and it's no accident it's no accident no accident. I'm about to pray over the room and pray over the congregation. And again, if you have, I want our prayer partners to come down. I want our prayer partners to come down. I don't know why. Um, it's difficult having three services because I'll feel like I have a word of knowledge in the first service and nobody waves their hand. I'm like, well, I guess I missed that. It wasn't God. I guess it was me. And then, you know, Dr. Randy Clark, who mentors me, says, you're probably sitting in the second service. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I thought it was me in the first service, so I didn't go for it in the second service. I figured I missed God, and I wish we just had one service. That way, I either missed it or it was God, you know, just straight away. But um, I want to just say a few things. We're going to go for healing in a minute, but... If there's anyone here that you just have tendonitis in your joints and in your fingers, um, I would like to pray for you. I just feel like I'm supposed to pray for somebody. Um, and then, um, and if there's nobody here that has that, then I miss God. But I feel like I'm supposed to pray. And then somebody who has a pain, like right behind their right eye, right behind their right eye, if that's you, I'd like to pray for you. Um, would you just raise your hand? I want you, if, if that's you, then is it you? Yeah, is it your hands? What's your name? Judy. Judy. I feel so compelled to pray for you. Would you raise your hands right where you're at? And Judy, I just want you to move your hands before I even pray for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, move in this room disease, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no power here. And we command you. We command you right now. And if you're watching online, I just want you to just raise your hands. There's a lot of people. I spoke to somebody last week that felt the presence of God in their living room while they were watching this online. I just want you to just raise your hands right where you're at. Holy Spirit, I just felt you just this moment. I just felt you. I just felt you just at this moment. Would you, would you, I want you to 
to build my faith, and I want you to build the faith of people around you. If you, ju- if you felt the Lord just kind of touch you in the last 60 seconds, would you just wave your hands at me? Sometimes it's, I want you to just feel it. Just wave your hands at me. Yeah, see, sometimes it's a warmth. Sometimes it's like this quick, tingling sensation. That's what I feel usually. I see hands moving. Father, in the name of Jesus, cancer, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I just pray right now for your hands. I pray against tendonitis. I pray against arthritis. I pray against cancer in the name of Jesus. Every joint, every leg in this room, every muscle in this room that isn't operating properly, we speak to you in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, everything that is chemical in this room, chemical imbalance, we speak to you in the name of Jesus to be healed, to be healed right now in Jesus' name. If you need someone to pray for you personally, I want you to come out of your seat as fast as you can. There's a scripture in Psalms 56, 9. Every time you pray, the tide of the battle changes. Don't look around and say, God can touch me here. God can touch me where I'm standing. If he said wherever two or three agree on one thing, that's where I'll be, then clearly he wants you praying with people. Come out of your seat. Come take the hand of a prayer partner. There's no official dismissal. You can leave whatever you get ready. But if you came in here with a problem, you don't have to leave with it in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ.